This is Focus on God's Word with Pastor Danny Milenkov. I'd like to welcome you here once again from wherever you're watching or listening around the world to this six-part series. This is part five. End time living, loyalty and love towards God. And uh, today's topic is happy and healthy. I want to welcome those who are here today um, to this very important topic, one of my favorites. So uh, I'm going to really look forward to going through this message together with us here and wherever you may be. There's a lot of important information to cover and I'm going to do my best to cover as much of it as possible in the time that we have remaining. As I've pointed out, our, our title is Happy and Healthy. And wherever you may be in your journey in health, I'm going to encourage you to, to go to the next step in your journey. And I know that this will be a wonderful blessing. Well, I'm going to share some good news and some bad news. Which one do you want to hear first, the good news or the bad news? All right, the good news. Let's start off with the good news. Here's the good news. The good news is that our life expectancy has improved globally um, over the last number of years, in particular in the last century, in the 20th century. Uh, As you can see from this graph, uh, the life expectancy has been rising and rising. However, here's the bad news. The bad news is this, and that is, according to this ABC News article, August 28, 2015, the title, Global Life Expectancy Rises, But Research Shows People Just Live Sicker for Longer. (laughs) Notice these words from the article. People around the world are living longer, but many are also living sicker lives for longer, according to a study of all major diseases and injuries in 188 countries. Let me share with you some more data. This was from another ABC News article, November 14, 2018. The headline, chart of the day, half the world's deaths are from four preventable factors. There were some 57 million people that died in 2017 and notice how they died. The deadliest things on the planet aren't guns, sharks or even road accidents. That's what we hear on the news, don't we? We hear about these things on the news, but notice uh, the things that kill us. Of all the things that killed people last year, as I pointed out, some 57 million people died in 2017. More than half of deaths are attributed to just four, that very important word, preventable risk factors. We're going to come across that word over and over again. And those four factors are high blood pressure, smoking, high blood glucose and high body mass index according to a series of reports published in The Lancet, which, which is one of the most prestigious and respected medical journals. So what is killing us is preventable for more than half the population. Let's bring it closer to home. That was worldwide. Now let's bring it closer to home. Let's take a look at Australia's health report card. Are you ready for this? Have you got your seatbelts on? Are you ready? Well, here we go. Ready or not, I'm going to share with you. This is from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. This is uh, a biannual government-sponsored program that that looks to take a look at um, where we are in health. This This is a summary Uh, from this media release back in June 20, 2018. So this is in Australia. 
Half of Australians have a common chronic health condition, such as diabetes, heart disease, a mental illness or cancer. Importantly, almost a quarter of us have two or more of these conditions, often making our experiences of health and healthcare particularly complex. Secondly, many chronic health conditions share common preventable risk factors such as smoking, excessive alcohol consumption and not getting enough exercise. In fact, around one third of our nation's disease burden is due to, what's that word? Preventable risk factors. There is that word again. 63% of Australians 18 years or over are overweight or obese. And finally... Health spending continues to rise, reaching $170 billion in 2015 and 16 and outstripping population growth. So that, uh, that is our report card here in Australia. Now, there is a significant health crisis in the area of diabetes, type 2 diabetes in particular. Notice this headline, ABC News article, September 4, 2018, type 2 diabetes understanding Australia's fastest growing chronic condition that is lifestyle related. Type 2 diabetes is lifestyle related. All the evidence is in. 80 to 85 to possibly 90% of the 2 million Australians that suffer from diabetes today are affected by type 2 diabetes, which is by and large lifestyle related. And as the headline points out, it's Australia's fastest growing chronic condition. Now, is that God's plan for you and I? I don't think so. Notice what Jesus had to say in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And who do you think the thief might be? That's the enemy. That's the devil himself. That's his aim. That's his plan for you and I to steal, kill and destroy our health and our well-being. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have what? Life and that they may have it more what? Abundantly. John 10 verse 10. So that's God's plan for us. God's plan for us is to enjoy the abundant life. I like to put it this way. God's promise of an abundant life is not only about quantity, but about quality of life. As far as I'm concerned, what I'm focused on more than anything else is quality of life. I would rather have 60 or 50 good quality and healthy years than have 70 or more years where I'm suffering chronic pain and having chronic health issues. But God's plan is that we will have both, that you can have your cake and eat it too. Maybe that's not a good way of putting it. <laughs> have your healthy cake and eat it too. God wants us to enjoy quantity and quality of years. So how can we do that? We're going to pray and we're going to once again go to God's instruction manual, the Bible, to discover the secret to how we can enjoy happy and healthy living. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we once again, before we open your word, we, we ask and pray that you'll give us understanding so that as we open your word, you will open our hearts and our minds and, and enable us to understand what your plan is for us, that we may enjoy the abundant life experience that you have for each and every person. So wherever we may be watching or listening from, we pray that this will be a blessing, a life-changing blessing and this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Let's go and take a look at the World Health Organization 1948 definition for health. The World Health Organization defines health in the following way. Health is a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. With all due respect to the World Health Organization definition, I believe that it is lacking one all-important element. And so if I was to, to share a definition on health, and I believe it's very much backed up by solid, strong evidence, this is what I would include. Here is my definition. Health is a state of complete physical, mental, social, and what's that word? Spiritual well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. The truth is, you and I have been created with this four-dimensional uh, aspect of health and well-being. Notice what we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, regarding Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Here we have four-dimensional living. Let me share with you as we take a look at that scripture again. Wisdom is what? Mental health and well-being. Stature, physical health and well-being. With God, that's spiritual health and well-being. And finally, with men, that's social health and well-being. All four of these are important. And along with mental, I would also include emotional health and well-being. The, the two go hand in hand. Now, as we take a look at the all-important four-dimensional living, notice what we discover. That at the very beginning of time in Genesis 1:27, we discover that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So as Jesus excelled in these four dimensions of life, the mental and emotional, the spiritual, the social and the physical, so too God created us in his image that we too would excel in these same four dimensions. Optimum health and well-being is to be discovered in God's four-dimensional plan for a happy and a healthy life. Physical, mental, social and spiritual. Let me share with you uh, this uh, very popular, one of the most popular editions of National Geographic back in November 2005, entitled The Secrets of Living Longer. And here on the front cover, we have a picture of this 84-year-old Japanese man, Fumiyasu Yamakawa. How did I go? About three out of ten. <laughs> he's 84 years old. And yes, he's standing on his head. He's doing some exercises and he's, he's preparing for a, a decathlon or a heptathlon. And guess what his favorite activities are? High jump and pole vault. How many of you would like to attempt high jump and pole vault at 84? Okay, <laughs> I would. <laughs> now, it's fascinating how this article begins. Notice how this uh, time, sorry, this National Geographic um, article on the secrets to living longer uh, begins. Uh, the article by Dan Butner, 
who researched the happiest and the healthiest people on the planet. And we'll get to that as we go along. He says, what if I said to you, you could add up to 10 years to your life. A long, healthy life is no accident. It begins with good genes, but it also depends on good habits. If you adopt the right lifestyle, experts say chances are you may live up to a decade longer. So what's the formula for success? In recent years, researchers have fanned out across the globe to find the secrets to long life. The first three regions where people are living significantly longer, produce a high rate of centenarians, suffer a fraction of the diseases that commonly kill people in other parts of the developed world and enjoy more happy and healthy years. Hence my title. They are to be found in Sardinia, Italy, Okinawa, Japan and Loma Linda, California. Now, this group of people has been added to by two other groups. And another one is to be found in Nicoya, Costa Rica, as you can see there on the map, and another one being Ikaria, Greece. Now, the fascinating group, the most fascinating group of these five is the group in Loma Linda, California. Now, what's so fascinating about them, you ask? Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. But before that, a number of books have been written by Dan Butner on this very subject that he has been studying now for, for a number of years, The Blue Zone Solution, the blue zones of happiness, the blue zones um, thrive, finding happiness, the blue zones way. Now, you may be thinking, what's this blue zones business all about? Why, why are they called blue zones? Well, simply put, uh, when the researchers fanned out across the globe and they wanted to find out uh, the places in the world where people live the happiest and the healthiest, where they suffer the least disease and they live the longest what they did every time they came across a group, a significant group, they would put a blue circle on the map to designate where they came from. And so these people became known as the Blue Zones people. And so that's how they got their name. Now, another National Geographic magazine in 2016, special edition, came out and it was entitled Blue Zones, The Science of Living Longer. So now uh, researchers and scientists have been working hard to find out what is it, what is it that brings these people to a point of living long and living well? That is what they have sought to find out. What are the key ingredients? Time magazine back in February 26, 2018, also featured, uh, also featured on this very uh, powerful phenomena. And the title was How to Live Longer Better. How to Live Longer Better. And so I want to share with you some of the conclusions that these researchers discovered, Dan Mutner and others, regarding what makes these people tick. Why do these People that live in these communities live significantly longer and live without the chronic diseases that affect most people in the world, in particular the Western world. And there are eight key areas that I have discovered as I've examined the evidence. And here they are. All five groups had the following in common. There are differences between the groups, but these eight points they all had in common. Predominantly, they eat fruits, nuts, vegetables and whole grains. Secondly, they have constant, moderate physical activity. They have a positive outlook. They have strong purpose. Family is a priority. Social engagement is also another 
high priority and they take time to rest and relax. And finally, every single one of the five groups have spiritual faith lived out in community. And as I took a look at these eight points, guess what I discovered? They all fit within the four dimensional aspect of health that God created us at the very beginning. Let me put them up on the screen. The physical. The first two points look at our physical health and well-being. Mental. The next two, positive outlook and having a strong purpose, focus on mental health and well-being. Priority of family and social engagement, that taps into the social aspect of our lives. And finally, taking time to rest and relax and spiritual faith lived out in community is all focused on spiritual health and well-being. So these five groups... They are living the four-dimensional life that God has instructed in His Word, which is optimum, which provides for that abundant health and lifestyle. Now, you may be asking the question, if only I was born in a blue zone, wouldn't it be nice to be born in a blue zone? Well, I have good news for you. Are you ready for the good news? Who came here to hear some good news? If you came here to hear some good news, you it's your lucky day. <laughs> it's your blessed day, I should say. Notice this. This is from Dan Butner in that National Geographic magazine. And uh, by the way, I looked long and hard uh, to get my copy of that magazine and, and I got it. <laughs> and don't think you're going to get it off me. This was so hard to find, but I finally found it and uh, I'm just so pleased and I treasure it. It's got some beautiful gems. Anyway, this is from Dan Butner, and notice what he has to say. To make it to age 100, you have to have won the genetic lottery. Yeah, that's true. Uh, genetics are very, very important. Um, as someone said, your bags are packed for you before you come into the world. However, Genetics is only 25% in determining your overall health and well-being. 75% is your choice. So chance, 25%. Choice is 75%. All right, let's keep reading. But most of us have the capacity to make it well into our early 90s and largely without chronic disease. As the who? The Adventists. They're that group in Loma Linda, California. As the Adventists demonstrate, the average person's life expectancy could increase by 10 to 12 years by adopting a Blue Zones lifestyle. Well, so the Adventists in Loma Linda, California, are exhibit A of how you can enjoy optimum health and well-being by simply following the Blue Zones lifestyle, the Blue Zones life. And today we're going to discover what the secret is to their Blue Zones life that Adventists all around the world have discovered and many others today. Adventists and non-Adventists are discovering based on the principles that God gave us at the very beginning of time. So the question is, what are the secrets to living a happier and a healthier life? Do you want to know the answer to that? I do. Well, as we go back to the book of Revelation, God's final message of love to the world, notice these words that we read. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6, this is the first angel's message. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue and people. So this is a message from God for the entire planet that will prepare people for the second coming of Jesus. And notice we keep reading verse 7, saying with a loud voice, with that megaphone voice, fear God and do what? 
and give glory to Him. Now, what does it mean to fear God and to give glory to Him? What does it mean to give glory to God? Well, notice what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 31. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to what? The glory of God. So we are to eat and we are to drink to the glory of God. So if we can eat and drink to the glory of God, can we also not eat and drink and live to the glory of God? Yes, indeed. Now, why is it so important for you and I as as those who have decided to follow Christ and, and to be loving and to be loyal to Jesus in an end time context, why is it important for you and I to live our lives for the honor and glory of God? The last time I checked, according to many, It's my life, it's my body, and I'll do with it as I please. Isn't that the philosophy out there by many? Eat, drink, and be merry for what? Tomorrow you you die. So why should I worry? Well, the believer in Jesus Christ, for him or her, it's about giving glory to God for one very important reason amongst many. And here it is. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 to 20, Paul writing to the believers in Corinth that had this dualistic belief about the human body where, where the soul was all important and that's all that mattered and it didn't matter how you treated your body. And he says to them, well, do you not know that your body is the temple of who? Of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. Why? For you were bought at a what? At a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? Which are God's. So for the believer in Jesus, he or she recognizes that this body doesn't belong to him or her. It's not my body. This body was given to me by God as a gift. He is the one that has created me. He is the one that gives me life and breath and sustains me. And He is inviting me to live my life wholly for His honor and glory. He wants me to be around for as long as possible, not for my sake, but for His sake, for God's honor and glory, that He may use me in the greatest possible way for the greatest possible time to lead others to Him. Does that make sense, yes or no? That is why I have a keen interest in health. Not because I want to necessarily live 10 to 12 years longer. That would be lovely. But my aim is to glorify God, that God can use me in the best possible way for the longest possible time to draw as many people to Jesus as I possibly can through His strength. Amen? That's the whole point. The whole point is to fear God and give glory to Him and worship Him, as that first angel's message says, who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. He is our creator. God is our creator. So how did He make us? Let's go to the very beginning of time. Let's go to the book of Genesis, where, where God created Adam and Eve. And notice what the Bible says. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in where? In Eden. And there He put the man and the woman whom he had formed. Now notice that word Eden. I looked up that word Eden and the original word Eden in the Hebrew means pleasure and delight. And I love that. I love that. God placed Adam and Eve in a garden that was filled with pleasure and what? 
delight. Does that sound like the abundant life that God has in store for each and every person? Yes, it does. God's original plan was for Adam and Eve to to enjoy communion with one another, to enjoy communion with their creator, to, to enjoy the natural surroundings, the, the animals and, and, and the plants and, and the trees and everything God created. God created Adam and Eve in a holistic sense to enjoy the blessings in the four dimensions of health and well-being right at the very beginning of time. Now, when it comes to diet, when it comes to fuel, what kind of fuel did God give to Adam and Eve? When he created them, did he give them an instruction manual as you receive when you get a brand new car? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Notice what we read. Eight powerful secrets to better and long lasting health direct from the Garden of Eden. And they begin with this acronym. This acronym, New Start, this acronym, New Start, um, popularized by a health institute there in the United States of America in a place called Weimar, uh, in an area uh, near the Blue Zones. And uh, Weimar, back in 1978, if I remember correctly, uh, popularized this acronym, New Start, that, that stands for Total Health and Wellbeing. As healthy as we can possibly be in this sin-sick world that we live in where we just never know what's around the corner, but how we can enjoy the optimum health that God has for us. New start. And that's what we want to take a look at today. And we're going to take a look at these eight laws of health that don't come to us originally from Weimar. Weimar, there in the United States, in California, they simply took these principles straight out of the Garden of Eden. And we'll discover who, more than a century ago, popularized what we're about to take a look at in just a moment. So the end, let's start off with the end. The end, well, this new, new creation. Let's talk about that for a moment before I run ahead. When 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what kind of creation? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So this is an opportunity for us to have a new start. This is an opportunity for us to make a new beginning. So wherever you may be in your journey of health, this is an opportunity to make a new start. God is in the business of recreating. He's in the business of new creation. That's what God wants to do in and for all of us. So wherever you may be watching or listening or those who are here, this is an opportunity for us to get on board with God's plan for us for optimal health and happiness. So, Let's take a look at that first letter in the acronym N, which stands for nutrition. We're going to spend most of our time on nutrition because nutrition makes up about 70 to 80 percent of our overall health and well-being. The the majority of the reasons why we suffer all these chronic health conditions that are detrimental to our health and well-being is due to what we put in our mouths. So we're going to spend most of our time on that, but we're also going to take a look at the seven other points. Now, when it comes to nutrition, notice what God gave to Adam and Eve. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for what? For food. Genesis 1.29. So at the very beginning of time, God gave to Adam and Eve nuts, fruits, and grains. It was a a seed diet. After the fall and after they sinned, God added one other dimension to their diet. And here we have it. 
In Genesis chapter 3, verse 18, we read, Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the what? The herb of the field. And the herb of the field there is in reference to vegetables. So the original diet of man was nuts, fruits, and vegetables. Nuts, fruits, and grains with vegetables added. So as you can take a look at these mouth-watering pictures and uh, are your saliva glands uh, uh, moved into gear? As we take a look at this beautiful fruit, as we take a look at the, the, the grains, the nuts and the grains that Jesus has given, that God has given to us, the beautiful vegetables. This was God's original diet. And today, today, we have discovered through science, conclusive scientific studies, that we were created by God to operate at peak efficiency and maximum longevity on a natural plant-based diet. The, the evidence is in today. When you read National Geographic, when you read other magazines on this very topic, when you take a look at the research, the evidence is in that the best way forward for health and longevity is a plant-based diet. Now, one of, the, one of the best, one of the most comprehensive studies that has ever, probably that has been conducted, is called the China study. The China study, as, as it says there in that subheading, um, just above the title, it's the most comprehensive study of nutrition ever conducted by, by a father and son combination, T. Colin Campbell and Thomas Campbell, two physicians, well-respected physicians uh, from the United States. And notice this subtitle underneath the title, Startling Implications for Diet, Weight Loss and Long-Term Health. I don't have time to take a look at um, this study in detail, but I just want to share with you a summary. Notice a summary. The China study examines the relationship between the consumption of animal products, including dairy, and chronic illnesses such as coronary heart disease, diabetes, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and bowel cancer. Let me ask you, are these cancers something that you and I are familiar with today in the Western world in particular? Anyone heard of these cancers? We all have. Sadly, we have been horribly afflicted by these horrible cancers that are snuffing out the lives of our loved ones. Sadly, they go on. The authors conclude that people who eat a predominantly whole plant-based diet, avoiding animal products as a main source of nutrition, including beef, pork, poultry, fish, eggs, cheese, and milk, and reducing their intake of processed foods and refined carbohydrates will escape, reduce, or what's that word? reverse the development of numerous diseases. Wow, I have good news for you, my friend. And that is that God has placed within our human mechanism an opportunity for those diseases that afflict us, that take away that happiness, that joy, that abundant life experience that God wants for us. They can be reversed. They can be reversed. Notice what God promised to the children of Israel when he, when he led them out of Egypt. This was his incredible promise to the children of Israel. Notice these words. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25, we read, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will do what? Take sickness away. That's another word. That, that, that's another phrase for saying I will reverse 
from the midst of you diseases, the diseases that afflicted the Egyptians. And I don't have time um, in this presentation to share with you the diseases that afflicted the Egyptians. But when you take a look at that long list of diseases that have been discovered by by those that have been examining and doing autopsies on the on the Egyptian mummies that have been found. What the Egyptians died of is what you and I are today dying from in the Western world in particular and, and the world at large today. Those Western lifestyle related diseases. Notice today we have here in our part of the world and, um, and in many parts of the world, this popular uh, health and well-being program called CHIP, which stands for the Complete Health Improvement Program. And you can go to chiphealth.org.au to get more information if you live here in Australia or just go to CHIP Health. And I'm sure you'll find information if you're in North America or wherever you may be. This is a powerful program and at my church where I pastor, we run this program every year with incredible success. And this is what this program promises to those who attend and are willing to put the principles of this lifestyle that we are looking at today into practice. CHIP is a proven program that reverses the Western world lifestyle diseases that we are plagued with as a result of poor lifestyle choices and habits. What did God say? God said, I will reverse. I will take away the sickness from you if you cooperate with me. So what's what's God want to do? He wants to take it away. What do we need to do? We need to cooperate with him and what he has given to us. Well, you may be thinking, oh, I really like my meat. I would like to continue to eat my meat. Does the Bible have anything to say about that? And there are some parts in the world where they don't have a wide array of fruits, nuts, vegetables and grains such as we do here in Australia. In Australia, we are blessed. We are blessed. As my dad referred to Australia when he first came almost 50 years ago, he referred to Australia as the land flowing with milk and honey. And it's true. We are blessed in Australia and in many parts of the Western world. We are blessed to have a wide array of plant based food. But there are places around the world where people do not have this array and and they need to um, have, 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 have some meat products in order, in order to make up for that nutritional intake that they so desperately need. Well, when it comes to meat, what did God say? Let's take a look at what the Bible says. In Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 6, God says, when it comes to what you can eat in the area of, of, of flesh, God says, and you may eat every animal with cloven what? Hooves, having the hoof split in two parts and that chews the cud among the animals. So, so animals that chew the cud and have a split hoof, uh, like, like your beef, uh, your sheep, goats, and so forth. When it, comes to, when it comes to the pig, is the pig uh, an animal that is good to be eaten, yes or no? No. Why? Well, it's got a split hoof, but does it chew the cud? No, it doesn't. Notice what we read regarding the scientific discoveries when it comes to eating bacon or eating ham or eating sausages. This was ABC News, October 27, 2015. The title, Bacon, Sausages, Ham and Other Processed Meats Are Cancer Causing. Red Meat Probably Is Too. 
World Health Organization. Let me read this quickly. Underneath, processed meats like bacon, sausages and hot dogs can cause colon cancer and red meat is also a likely cause of the disease, World Health Organization experts say, in a potentially heavy blow for the global meat agenda. Meat industry, I should say. Let's continue on. The analysis of 800 studies. So this is not one or two studies. These 800 studies from around the world by the International Agency for Research on Cancer found sufficient evidence in humans that the consumption of processed meat causes colorectal cancer. Wow. So the evidence is in. The evidence is in. God said thousands of years ago that the pig is unclean. In fact, God says the pig is an abomination. And we've discovered from a previous program, God uses that word abomination in order to make it clear in the strongest possible way that that is not healthy, that is not good, and that is not in your best spiritual interest. Today, science is finding out what God said thousands of years ago in His Word. We are continually playing catch up. Isn't that right? We are continually playing catch up with God. God knows what's best. He's the one that designed the human body. He's the one that made us. He's the designer. You and I simply need to follow the designer's manual for how we can enjoy the best possible life in the here and now on this sin-sick planet that we live in. But we can still get the most out of life if we cooperate with God. He was the front cover of Time magazine shortly after uh, this research came out. The War on Delicious. <laughs> Talk about a, a, picture, a picture telling a thousand words. The War on Delicious. Well, what, what about when it comes to sea life? That which lives in, in our oceans and rivers and lakes. Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 9. These you may eat of all that are in the waters. You may eat all that have what? Fins and scales. Nice and easy. Fins and scales. So are oysters to end up on your plate? No. What about squid? No. What about shellfish? No. What about crabs? No. What about lobster? No, 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 because they're not clean. And there are scientific reasons why these creatures are not clean, which we don't have time to get into today. Well, what about when it comes to uh, the bird life? God simply says in Deuteronomy 14, 11, all what kind of birds? All clean birds you may eat. Okay, and when you take a look at the list that God gives, we're looking at foraging birds. We're not looking at the eagle um, or, or the hawk, uh, the carnivore kind of birds. We're looking at foraging birds, uh, generally speaking, like your chicken, your quail, your dove, your pigeon. Who would want to eat a poor little pigeon? How could you? How could you do that? But anyway, that's what we're looking at. Another very important point that God raises and he shares in Leviticus chapter 3, verse 17, if you're going to eat meat, you need to have this in mind. This shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. In other words, that word perpetual means it's to be eternal. It's to be forever. In all your dwellings, you shall eat neither the fat nor the blood. God said, don't eat the fat for obvious reasons. It's not good for you, is it? That's where we have our problems today, don't we? The fat. So don't eat the fat. Also, the Bible says the fat belongs to the Lord. 
You know, that was something associated with the worship service as well. But also don't have blood. So kosher. And the Jews today, they eat meat that is kosher. And by kosher, there is no fat and there is no blood. It's been drained of all of its blood. And today we know that blood carries what? Disease. When you're not feeling well, you go to the doctor and the doctor will do what? Conduct a blood test. Isn't that right? Ask you to go to the, get a blood sample. And then based on that blood sample, the doctor will be able to determine what it is that is your problem through a blood sample. So God knew what he was doing. And so he made that very clear. ABC News. June 1, 2018, another reason why a plant-based diet would be highly, highly good for each and every person. Would you go vegan to save the planet? Researchers say it might be our best option. Notice this from this news article. The key points, even well-managed meat production has a greater environmental impact than vegetable study finds. We could cut our agricultural land use by 76% if we got rid of meat. Getting rid of the worst producers would make a substantial difference. Is there a lot of talk today about the environment yeah. and saving the environment? Yes, indeed there is. I'm telling you, probably the best way, the best way to save the environment is to go green. Is to go, is to go green as far as a natural plant-based diet. So my decision that I have made for the sake of the environment, for the sake of my health and well-being, and that is... I ask the question, does it have a mother? And if it has a mother, I say, no, I'm not going to eat it. So that's all you need to do. You need to ask yourself, does it have a mother? If it has a mother, well, it's not the ideal for you. Well, let's go to our next um, letter, exercise. Notice what God did for Adam and Eve. He placed them in the garden, the Bible says. And in Genesis 2.15, we read, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do what? To tend and to keep it. So exercise, very, very important, extremely important. Let's move to our next point. Water. Uh, was there water in the Garden of Eden? Yes, there was. There was the, there was the river Euphrates, the Bible says, and it, and it parted into four rivers that was running through the midst of the, the Garden of Eden. So water is very important. And you and I, we need water. We need a good amount of water. A couple of liters a day, at least, is what most people need. Let's go to our next um, health uh, nugget, our, our next secret to health, and that is sunlight. Is sunlight important? Yes, indeed it is. God gave us the sun in order to provide health and well-being, and, and the sun is just so important. And I don't have time to get into all these because we just don't have the time, but you can, you can look that up for yourself. The next one is temperance. Now, what is temperance? Temperance is an old-fashioned word. We don't generally use that word today, temperance. It simply means moderation in all things, and I would like to add all things that are good. Moderation in all things that are good. You know, having a balanced diet is temperance. You know, you can eat, you know, a kilogram of nuts a day. But is that necessarily good for you? No. Or you can just live on fruit. And that's not very good for you either. And there are some fruitarians out there that just live on fruit. But that's not a balanced diet. So temperance is about having a balanced diet, having a balanced lifestyle. Now, let me put up a few things that may cause a bit of indigestion. This, excuse the pun, this one here is drugs. Is God's plan for us to have drugs? 
No, no. Now, drugs, drugs come in all shapes and sizes. Here is uh, another drug, and that is tobacco. Tobacco, sadly, takes the life of, of, sadly, way too many people each and every year, millions and millions of people around the year. And now, can you give up smoking? Can you, can, you, can you be free from drugs? Indeed, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's another one. Here's a very popular one. This is an extremely popular one in, in, in all the world, not just here in Australia, but throughout the world, and that is alcohol. Alcohol today is seen as, as, a, as a necessary evil <laughs> in the minds of many. Uh, most people, I believe, understand and believe that alcohol is not good for you. There are plenty of research studies today that, that indicate that even one glass of alcohol is no good for you. But alcohol, what does alcohol do? It affects many parts of our body, but in particular, it affects that one organ that God communicates his truth to us. And that is what? Our minds, our minds. Who wants to affect our minds? Who is it that wants to confuse our minds? Who is it that wants our minds not functioning in a clear manner, especially those who are preparing for the coming of Jesus? Who is it? It's the enemy. It's the enemy. Now, you may be thinking, but Danny, didn't Jesus turn water into wine? Isn't that what the Bible says in John chapter 2, that Jesus turned water into wine? Yes, indeed, he did. Let's take a look at what Jesus did in John chapter 2. This is a summary of what Jesus did. There were six water pots, each containing 20 to 30 gallons. That's 80 to 120 liters in total. We're looking at 480 to 720 liters. Now think about it with me. Let's, let's just use a little bit of logic. At the end of the wedding in Cana, okay, they have already been drinking all through the wedding. It's coming to the end of the wedding. They've run out of wine, according to Scripture, according to the story. And now Jesus fills up with alcohol 480 to 720 litres of alcohol sends the people on their way drunk as drunk can be to beat up their wives, to possibly get lost, to possibly hurt themselves and ultimately to destroy their health and well-being and to destroy their minds. Can you imagine Jesus Christ who said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Can you imagine Jesus destroying the minds and the health of those who he came to save and give the abundant life to? Can you? Does that make any sense? That Jesus would intoxicate an entire community. It absolutely does not make sense. The truth is they had not only alcoholic wine back in the day of Christ, but they also had sweet, pure grape juice that Jesus drank with his disciples on that Passover evening when he instituted the communion service. It just simply says wine. And you understand or you can gather which kind of wine, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic, by the context. And who is the one that is performing the miracle? Who is the one that's performing the miracle? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And what does Jesus want to do? He wants to give you the abundant life. He wants to give you the abundant life. So what about this next one? Oh, my, oh, my. Uh, now we've just gone too far. Danny, you've gone too far. Coffee. I mean, please. 
what's wrong with a cup of coffee or two or three or more a day? It gets me going. It keeps me alert. It keeps me awake. I'm on the night shift trying to look after patients. If I don't have a coffee or two, I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to get through. Well, is coffee a drug, my friends? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I have discovered that everything that is addictive comes from the enemy. If it's addictive, it comes from the enemy. All these things that we've looked at, coffee, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, they all have addictive elements. When was the last time you woke up at two o'clock in the morning and you, you were trembling, you were shaking because there were no carrots in the fridge? <laughs> you went to the fridge to find a carrot, to have your carrot fixed, and there were just no carrots. And you came back to your wife or to your husband, shaking and trembling. You have to get me a carrot. I'm just not going to cope. I'm not going to get through the night without a carrot. <laughs> the point is obvious. We laugh and we smile. But the truth is, whatever God has created, it's not with the addictive element that you are tied like a ball and chain to and that takes away from your health and your happiness. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Philippians 4.13, I can do how much through Christ? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, what about junk food? What about junk food? Well, oh, if I had more time, I'd share with you my journey. But in brief, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit I used to eat tons of junk food. I was the junk food king. I used to eat it like you would not believe. It didn't make any difference. I didn't look any different on the outside, but who knows what was going on in the inside. But when I discovered that my body was the temple of the Holy Spirit and God wanted to use me in the best possible way, I made a decision to turn my back on all junk food, the chips, the ice cream, the chocolates, turn my back on that and instead incorporate into my life fruits, nuts and grains and vegetables. And guess what? God, in a miraculous and in a beautiful way, He reversed my taste buds. He reversed my taste buds. And today I have no desire and I don't enjoy ice cream. I don't enjoy chocolates and, 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 and potato chips and the like. I don't enjoy that anymore. But you put a mango, you put a banana, you put some nuts, you put some carrots in front of me and look out. <laughs> look out. God can do that for you as well. He can do that for you as well. If he could do it for me, he can do it for you. Notice this beautiful promise, Psalm 84 verse 11, for the Lord God is a Sun and a shield, the Lord will give grace and glory. Notice these words, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I love that promise. No good thing. If it's good, God will not withhold it from you. He will give it to you. He'll say, enjoy it. Enjoy it temperately. Enjoy it in moderation. Enjoy it in a balanced way, but enjoy it. So let's move to our next, uh, our next uh, law of health. Air, the importance of having lots of air. And I don't think I need to say much about that. That is extremely important. And uh, we move on to the seventh, and that is rest. Rest. Notice what we discover when it comes to rest. I want to take you back to that National Geographic um, magazine of 2005, November 2005. The Secrets of Seventh-day Adventists. They featured Seventh-day Adventists. And notice the two secrets that they discovered amongst this community in the blue zones there in Loma Linda. Number one, they have a plant-based vegetarian diet. And secondly, 
they enjoy regular practice of rest, worship and fellowship with other Christians every seventh day. The truth is that scientists and researchers are now discovering that God created us with a seven day cycle. Did you know that? Our bodies were created in a seven day cycle. I don't have time to unpack that right now, but we were created in a seven day cycle and we have been created to operate maximum efficiency and longevity with rest, not just at night and getting our eight hours of sleep a night for most people, but to take one day off every week and to enjoy rest. And that Sabbath rest is what God gave to the human race. Guess what? At the very beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, every single one of these eight principles found in the Garden of Eden. More than a century ago, one of the pioneers of the Seventh-day Adventist Church with a third grade education by the name of Ellen White, he, she wrote of these principles that come to us from the Garden of Eden and notice her words that she wrote more than a century ago, more a long time before the modern day research came to town. Notice these words, pure air, sunlight, abstemiousness. Oh man, I love to talk about a mouthful. Rest, or that, that, that's temperance. That's another word for temperance. Rest, exercise, proper diet, the use of water, trust in divine power. These are the true what? These are the true remedies. And she got them from the scriptures. She got them from the, from the Garden of Eden. Well, we want to take a look at this final, this final law, and I believe it's the most important one, the T. Trust in who? Trust in divine power. Trust in in divine power. You see, we live on a sin-sick planet and I can live the healthiest possible life. I can put those seven principles into practice. I can have good nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, good fresh air, rest, but I can still die of cancer. Isn't that right? There are many people who today are no longer with us who have followed these eight principles, these seven principles of health, and they've still passed away because there's genetics. There is a sensic planet that we have to contend with. That's why this eighth and most important principle is the one we need to treasure most. Trust in God. Trust in God. I love this scripture from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in who? Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Put your trust in God. Trust in him. Trust in him. Trust in his promises. Trust in his ways. And, and no matter how long you live on this sin sick planet, if you continue to put your faith and trust in God, you know that your eternal future is secured in those nail scarred hands of Jesus. Amen. Your eternal future future is secure in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. I think of the example of Daniel. Daniel, who at the very beginning of his journey there in Babylon, he purposed in his heart, the Bible says, that he would not defile himself with what the, with what the king provided when it came to food and drink, and that instead he would be faithful to God. And the Bible says God blessed Daniel. He blessed him in many ways. And his friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, 
And I want to put it to you, my friends, that God will bless you also if you honor him in how you live your life. And I want to encourage you to begin the journey today. Begin the journey today. Not tomorrow, but today. Begin the journey today. Will God help you? Will God enable you to begin this journey today and to continue it step by step by step all the way through to the end? Yes, indeed. Notice what God promises in Philippians chapter one, verse six, being confident of this very thing that he, that is God, who has what? Begun a good work in you will do what? Will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I say, hallelujah. The one who has begun this good work, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes and he takes away all the pain and all the suffering and all the sorrow. I want to conclude with a final prayer. The prayer of John in 3 John chapter 2. 3 John chapter 2. There's only one chapter. And this is what his prayer was. And this is what my prayer is for you today. And wherever you may be watching or listening from. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Beloved, I pray that by the grace of God and by putting your faith and trust in his word and following his principles for healthy and happy living, that you will prosper in all things. May God bless you here today and those who are watching. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you so much for your word, that your plan for us is to enjoy a happy and healthy life in the here and now, and ultimately to look forward to the day when you will come and there'll be no more pain and no more suffering and no more sickness and no more death. We long for that day and we pray that we will be ready and prepare others. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. been listening to Focus on God's Word with Pastor Danny Milenkov, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. If you have any comments or questions, send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au.